So welcome to today's episode of, of InfoSec Journeys. Uh, Ashley and I are delighted today to be joined by Rick Jones. Thank you, Rick, for taking the time to speak to us. Uh, the co-founder of Digital X-Raid, uh, and you're going to tell us uh, what you do and, and what that's all about in just a minute. You've got a really interesting uh, kind of career background and story and journey that we want to pick apart with you. Um, which has gone from the contractor space, the consultancy space, that kind of stuff, into launching your own business within the security environment, which uh, uh, is a fascinating topic to talk about. Uh, but before we kind of pick that all apart and get into it, let me throw over Rick and uh, give us an intro, tell us who you are and what you're all about. Yes, Colin, thank you. So, yeah, my name is Rick Jones. I am um, a CEO and co-founder here at Digital X-Ray. We are a managed service provider of cybersecurity services, um, specializing in assurance services. So we cover three main camps. So you're looking at your offensive security. So things like ethical hacking, penetration testing services. Um, you've got your defensive. So our, our Crest certified SOC and then compliance. So we, you know, our compliance base, whether it's ISA 27001, cyber essentials, et cetera. So all these um, full blended services are, are wrapped in a managed service to help sort of protect our customers. Yeah, awesome. So it, it sounds like a fun business. There's, there's lots of different arms there uh, and things to focus on. Uh, and I guess areas of specialism, you know, understanding what the latest compliance uh, requirements are for these various certifications, whether it's cyber essentials or, or, or ISO, and then you've got the the penetration testing stuff, the, the kind of uh, the, the real fun ethical hacking and all that kind of good stuff as well. Um, wh where did it start for uh, for Digital X-Ray then? How did you get to the uh, stage where you thought it would be a great idea to launch a business in this space? I mean, I, I imagine it's quite a competitive environment. It's a very competitive environment, but it's it was, it was a simple transition because it's what I built my career on for the last 20 years. So... I'd always had an itch for wanting to do my own business. I've always done things in the past. And it was just, you know, what else could I do? So it's what I'm passionate about. It's what I built my career on. Um, and did we think we could bring something to the cyberspace? Did we think we could bring improvement? And we believed that we, we, we could. So we started Digital X-Ray. And was it, did you, did you actually start it with like all of those key services from day one or is it something that you, you kind of built up over, over time? So we, 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 we were very clear in our mission. We knew that we wanted to provide a number of services, not just be a pen testing house or be a, mm. you know, a compliance house because we wanted to be a sort of a, a full MSP around all cyber, cyber needs, but there was a very clear demarcation between what we had sort of knew was sort of the design and build phase, or phase of around cybersecurity. And we're both um, security architects. We knew very much around the, the design and build, but we know there was a need around the test and assurance. So even though in the early days, you know, when you're starting, starting a business, it's all about trying to get money, money through the door. And, you know, if you know something very well, it's easy to sort of, move away from your vision and complete that but we were we, we tried to be very strict in, in 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 what we wanted to deliver so you know rightly or wrongly we probably turned work down which we could have done in the early days but it wasn't part of the sort of vision so when you when you started uh, digital x-ray was it you had a you had a goal and a vision and you stuck to that or, or, or has it throughout the years throughout the five years has it or has it changed with the tides um, as technology changes, as customer demand changes, have you flexed or have you already stuck to? Well, this is the, this is what we wanted the company to be. Um, we've 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 definitely had been diverse in 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 the offerings, um, and organically we've we've bolted on additional services that we may not have have, have thought about in the beginning. Um, but you know, we knew we wanted to build a global um, leading cyber company. And we wanted to make sure that, that the services we provide really give a benefit to, to customers. And that was really the mission. And we knew in order to survive this space, we had to build something that was definitely bringing in annuity. And it wasn't just one off because you couldn't scale. And we knew that, you know, myself and business partner knew that Digital X-Ray had to be a brand because otherwise 
it'd never go past just people wanting myself and Scott to do the work. So there's been a lot of challenges to get where we've got today, but it's definitely been a, a journey. <laughs> How do you, that's a, it's really interesting actually, because um, you know, yourself and Scott who, who co-founded, right? So how, uh, and you guys have obviously, uh, you know, developed this con this business concept based on, you know, your skills and expertise from, from the experiences that you've developed within, um, you know, the, the corporate space elsewhere. And when you approach your first customers, I imagine it's like, you know, no doubt you guys hands on doing the work, etc. And to build that brand, as you say, so like customers are buying from the brand and not from you two specific individuals. How, how do you kind of recruit people into your business that are, are actually at the level that you require to carry that forward? What, what kind of challenge is that then? It's a real challenge because um, you you're having to not only sell your business to the customer, you're having to sell your business to an employee, you know, someone who may have been in the industry a while is, 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 is you know, technically very strong. I'm like, why am I going to work for a bunch of, of, of guys in, in Doncaster who have just started <laughs> selling? You know, it's hard to sell it, but, you know, we, I think when you, if you are very clear on your vision and your passion and you know what you want to achieve, people, it becomes um, infectious. People want to get be part of the journey. It's, I'm not saying that working for a large business is, you know, is sterile, but, step, but, you know, working for a young company and really being um, accountable and, 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 and seeing what you do makes change is, mm. is infectious. Yeah, I like that. I think one of the, one of the, one of the uh, recurring themes we've had during these, um, the, these podcast recordings is that um, you have to believe uh, in yourself and see other, make, have other people believe in you. So when you, in the early days, did you find that a lot of the um, selling to clients was not selling digital X-ray, but then selling, you know, selling you, selling Rick Jones as a as a person, your vision, your belief, and they bought into that. Is that is that what you saw? Or were you, were you, was it a different tactic? We 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 did do that, but we were always from day one trying to sell digital X-ray. In reality, digital X-ray was myself and Scott. Um, in, in the very early days, that's, that's what it was. Um, so, you know, it was synonymous with you either got me or, or Scott, but we both went out and did our certification for pen testing. We both, you know, got multiple certifications for security architecture, Scott, CCIE, etc. And we just knew where we wanted to go. And we went out, the, the biggest challenge is winning the business, but custom, you know, you get your first customer that is a massive achievement. And you turn that customer into a thousand customers within five years, and then all of a sudden you're in business. Mm. What did that feel like then when you got the first customer in the first kind of paycheck and stuff? Was it, was it a relief or was it more like satisfaction and stuff? Or what did you feel? It was a bit of both, if I'm honest. It was relief because you think we can do this. It was also scary because, you know, a lot of the processes that you've got are not fully defined. You are, I don't want to say flying by the seat of your pants because it's very governed is this industry. You know, there's in, in terms of the technical bit, that's what we did very well. That was like a duck to water. But everything else that, you know, in, in our world, you have a project manager, you have a business analyst, you know, you've got you've got all these different people that you rely on to deliver a service and you're one cog, a very important cog, but from a technical aspect, you are still one cog delivering this service. And then when all of a sudden you know, when you when it's when you are all the cogs, you then maybe get an appreciation for maybe how good a, a BA is, or a project management, or change control, or and and then you understand the importance of them because, you know, when we first set out, I think we wanted to we wanted to bring our knowledge, our enterprise knowledge. We wanted to be the Robin Hoods of cybersecurity. We wanted to bring, you know, enterprise-led cyber solutions to the to, to, to the much needed um, small business but after a year of really trying at that um, we would have gone out of business because unfortunately there is a security maturity journey that a lot of small businesses need to go on and they're not quite ready for it yet that we found um, mm. I think the entry point like the cyber essentials basic 
and things like that is fantastic because it's getting them on that journey. It's making staff think about some of the things that they need to do. Um, but before that, it was, you know, you'd go to a, a, a small company and you'd be explaining the type of things that, that you need, you, we, we can do to protect them and, and, and they didn't get it. You know, we've got an IT company, we've got a firewall. So we, we have to adjust our tact. But that also came with challenges because at that point then you're, you're targeting mid-tier to enterprise business who are like, well, who are you? What have you got? And hence why we had to go on a full certification mission to where we are now as, you know, probably the top 1% of cybersecurity companies with the certifications we've got. Tell us then about where where that kind of passion for security came from originally then. I mean, was it, did you kind of study uh, this kind of like technology or computer science or anything like that within your uh, higher education or anything like that? Or was it more kind of later on in your career that you thought security was a real passion of yours that you wanted to, to kind of develop your expertise in this area? So to start with, you know, like, like anybody else, you know, I, I, I envy those people who at a young age and know exactly what, what they want to do. Um, I thought I did. They're I bastards, wanted... aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought I did. I wanted to be a fitness instructor, and I, I pursued that. <laughs> and um, you know, I always had a passion for IT. You know, I always, I was, I've got, a, a, I like to take things apart. I'm very inquisitive, inquisitive and uh, the spectrum and, and, and a bit of coding. So I always, it was a bit of a hobby. It wasn't anything that I would ever thought I'd build a career on. In fact, the idea of working in an office absolutely repulsed me. Because in, in my mind, it was very much school, you know, on office was school. And I wanted to be free and bounce around and speak to people. And, and it wasn't until, you know, I was a few years in and I was in my swimming trunk cleaning the scum line of the swimming pool. <laughs> and I saw my career development, which meant I could be the fitness manager, which I'd share my space in the box room with the toilet rolls and the toiletries. I was like, I need to do something different. And it was a good friend of mine. Um, who we were, you know, sat on a park bench and he says, well, you know, Rick, you know, why don't you do something different? And I would say that, you know, I'm very thankful to, to him to give me, you know, you say you can take a horse to walk, but you can't make it drink, but he definitely showed me a path that I'm very much thankful that I was on and, and, and pursued. And the career, you know, regardless of digital x-ray, the career I've had in, in, in the industry has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed all of it. Go on, sorry. No, go on. It's fine. fine. I was going to say about the the kind of entry level into the career, then into into the industry, rather. So, you know, when when you decided to to make a real right turn in in you know your your focus, you're looking at fitness manager, and then you pivot to to security. What was the kind of how did that start then? How you know what was the kind of first role that you took? Was there like an entry barrier that you thought into the industry? Did you see any kind of challenges breaking in, or was it? Did you did you feel like you had a lot of transferable skills? I definitely had transferable skills because I, 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 I say I was I was um, interested in it. In it, it wasn't something I wasn't interested in, but it wasn't ever a, a sort of career objective. But in terms of how my CV looked you would look at my CV and be like, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> you can do a hundred burpees in a minute, but you know, that's not gonna, gonna fix this first line support issue we've got. So I did have a challenge, but I didn't even really know the whole concept of how to get a job in this industry, which is quite unique. You know, I didn't realize that it's, you don't, you don't find yourself a job. There's people that find you a job and they're called recruiters and you go to them and then they're, and in, so, you know, I, I decided that I wanted a job in IT. <clears throat> so I printed off maybe 50 or 60 CVs. I um, got my suit on and I said, right. And I looked at every big building in, in, in Leeds. And off I went, going into reception, talking to security guards who were just like, who's this Muppet coming for a job? And it wasn't until I was probably maybe a 35 CVs in um, probably seven hours, six hours into into the mission, but, uh, a guy overheard me talking to reception, and he said to me, he "says Oh, you're looking for a, a job?" I went, "Yeah, it's my CV." He says, "No one's ever, ever done this." 
He says, could you do me a favour? He says, I'm the microphone call. And he sent me up to a, an agency in Leeds called Blue Arrow. And I had to go up there and do sort of, some sort of competency test. You know, I can speak English and I can do maths and, and English and a few computer questions. And then I went for an interview. And next thing you know, I were in a job in, working in IT. And I found that initial transition so hard that I was going from bouncing around in the gym to effectively what was doing data input. Mm. And it was hell. You know, I was, I'm not going to say I, I was depressed, but I had all the signs of being depressed. I was, I was exhausted by doing something which wasn't physically active, but I was exhausted. And I was probably six weeks in, and I was almost contemplating on thinking this isn't for me. And then my manager said, right, Rick, you've been seconded doing this data input for six weeks. Um, you've helped out, but now you're going to come and do the job that I want you to do. And it was just such a transformation. I was working for Halifax, and I was on computer call, and I was speaking to customers, and I was learning about printers and networking. And, and yeah, and it was fantastic. And then, you know, it opened the world up to sort of Microsoft certifications. And from there, I've never looked back. Yeah, that's really nice. I, I think um, I, I really like that, that ballsy kind of attitude of like going around with a stack of CVs and, and kind of making it happen. Uh, I, I do feel like a lot of people kind of um, wait for things to happen, right? Wait for opportunities to come in their direction. And unless you go out and get it and ask for it and stuff, then, then that's you're kind of, you know, forging your own path. And I, I dare say, I, I can see the parallel there between, I don't know how many years ago that was, Rick, but I think, you know, when you're a younger man with 60 CVs in your arm and a, and a suit, look, you know, walking around Leeds, dishing them out, I dare say there's a my say that again. <laughs> a top man suit. Oh, I love it. Yeah, very good. Oh, I've definitely had a few of them over the years. Um, but I, I dare say it's a similar thing to what you do now with respect to walking into new businesses saying, I'm Rick Jones, I'm Digital x ray and I'm here to win some business. It's the same yeah. kind of mentality, I guess, isn't it? With a, a big stack of, you know, certifications and a big stack of kind of, um, um, yeah, credential behind you now a little bit different but i think the men that mentality seems to have carried through yeah i think throwing yourself into something and not fully knowing the outcome but not allowing the fear to hold you back because to say you know to, to, to say that i haven't ever felt intimidated or felt fear is ridiculous but i'll make a conscious effort to say well it's fine to feel that but keep moving forward mm. So at the dawn of Y2K, you started at Halifax, and then about seven, eight years later, you 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 went contracting. How? So in that period of seven and eight years, where did that? Um, where did you? Where did that entry kind of like spirit to do go on your own? Where where did it come from? So I've, I've always been very entrepreneurial. I've always had something spun up on the side. You know, I've always been, whether it were, I run a, a muscular supplements company, I tried doing recruitment things. So I've always been, I'm always trying to, very goal oriented. I'm always looking for something to try to better myself or, or try something new. And, you know, through my time, at, I spent a lot of time at, at FreeServe, Planet Online. You know, at one point we had a third of the internet running through there. Done all the Microsoft and all the Cisco certifications. And... There was a guy who came in, um, who came in to work at FreeServe, who was a contractor. And I remember there were a lot of a lot of animosity towards him because he was earning, you know, 400, 500 pounds a day. And there was, it was almost almost this this it was almost you know cast aside. And I was like, why was he doing that? What, what what's going on here? And I was talking to him. He's like, oh yeah, I've been doing it for 15 years and. You know, I work six months a year, got my mortgage paid off, and and I've got a place in Spain that I spend six months at, and I'm like, what? So I didn't feel any negativity towards him. I want to pat him on back and like, you've seen some of that, I haven't. How do I get this? And then that was the next thing, you know. Um, I wanted, I really, really wanted to to in, improve my life. Not that there was anything wrong with being, you know, affirming. I got some really 
um, fond memories. But again, it was just, I wanted to better my life and I wanted something where I felt like I was, I could, I could have change. So I could work at multiple different companies. I could see different things. And, and, and then I did. So I think did the first find, contract. Find... Was... Oh, go on. Sorry. No, so I think first, the first contract was at BT working on the, on the spying contract. On the spying contract. Yeah, it was the, uh, sounds, it was the sounds interesting. Is the is the connection for health? So everything was connected to the spine, as I called it. Ah, okay. Ah, uh, so pre is it pre N three? Yes. Gosh, you're showing your age there, Rick. I don't, like <laughs> I don't know if I'm showing Mark. Cause I've got no idea what you're talking about. So <laughs> I have to, to Google this in the background, clearly, aren't I? So, yeah, I love it. Well, it's fascinating. I, I think um, you're right. Um, I, the perception in other businesses that I've worked in, uh, you know, contractors have come in and there's almost been this resentment that they're coming in to do, um, you know, in, in the one in the roles that I've experienced where contractors are placed, relatively straightforward work, you know, not massive amount of responsibility, but they're there to do a job, do it well and deliver. Um, and oftentimes contracts will be extended because, um, you know, businesses can't get their shit together with, you know, various projects outside of what you're, what you're there to do. Um, and, and yeah, there's, there's always this kind of resentment, but I'm, I was, I'm in the same camp as you. I was always like, they got it nailed. You know what I mean? They're like living the life, smoking cigars for six months a year. Um, and, and really that's what everyone should be doing, right? With their, with their life, spending more time with their kids and, and doing shit like that. So, um, so I, I guess though, and I, I get, I, I really get that motivation. And so you live that life for, you know, a small part of your career there as well, where clearly you've gained a lot of insights into the, the problems and challenges that many different businesses face. And no doubt there's commonalities between them, right? I'm sure you could bucket it up and it will be, you know, very similar things that different businesses face. Um, but you go from that relatively free lifestyle, not necessarily free, but you know what I mean? to then having that pressure, this pressure cooker of starting your own business and having to deliver, you know, financially for your own, you know, personal lifestyle and stuff like that. Um, and then also, I guess, for personal satisfaction. Why make the switch then if, if the life of a contractor was pretty, pretty good? I guess it's, you know, because to accept that's it. So, you know, is, is, is that it? So yeah, it was good. And, and, you know, it was challenging, but, you know, like I said, I, I mean, so it's, you know, my business partner, Scott, very goal orientated, you know, with a definitely the type of people that when things are fine and we'll just throw it on its head and just change it for, 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 for and, you know, driving poor wife crazy. Cause she's like, what are you doing? Um, but, you know, I guess it's, I know it's hard to sort of quantify and explain. It's, I just, if I haven't got something that that's challenging me, then I guess I'm not particularly happy. <laughs> so the fact that, you know, even though digital X-ray and starting a business has been very, very challenging, it's fulfilled me in so many ways because, you know, it's, it's, it is consuming, but it's, as a person, I'm feeling content because I've got something I'm really getting my teeth into that's challenging me. And, and the one thing I would say about being a business owner, um, I did the... So I did the, the, the Goldman Sachs 10K um, with Oxford University. It's a bit like a mini MBA. And what was really interesting is, no matter what business there were, there were you know, and a bit 80 different types of businesses there. Ultimately, the tapestry is the same. It's all the same issues. It's all the same problems. And, 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 and learning that through this journey, and still learning that, if I'm honest, you know, you go from being very good at what you do. You know, I'm not professing to be the best techie in the world, but... I was good at what I did. I delivered and I got stuff done and I tried to self-improve being very confident and wearing that one hat to then being an owner of a business and wearing maybe 50 different hats in a day and doing jobs that you've never done before. Quite honestly, really crap at a lot of time because you've never done marketing. You've never done being an FD. You've never done, done, done strategy planning, you know, and all this stuff needs to happen. So a lot of the time you're walking on a road that you've no clue. Um, and, and the danger of that is you, 
you get drawn, and this is what I would say is 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 a tell or or, or a heads up for any techie that wants to get in and do their own thing. Is it's really easy to roll your sleeves up and go back to your comfort blanket and going right. Well, I'm going to configure that firewall. I'm going to do that design because it's what you've been doing for 20 years. But that will not drive your business forward. Yeah, that's true. Is, is there any? Um... Have you ever come across like, I mean, the certifications for Microsoft, you can go in certifications for around ISO, pen testing, or you can learn how to be, you know, a subject matter expert in security. Is there something to help people learn about how to run a business that you've ever seen? Yeah, it was a, the GS program, the Goldman Sachs program. Oh, that's but, what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was a bit like an, it was a mini MBA, but it really helped you, helped formulate a very clear plan of where I wanted to take digital X-ray and what that looks like over the next five years. Um, you know, it, it, a fantastic experience to do. Um, I gained loads out of it. It was very, very challenging and very time-consuming, very tough because you were having to do that at the same time as scaling a, mm. a, your own business. And I didn't quite appreciate how lucky I was to, to actually get on it because the selection criteria is really tough. But yeah, I would say anybody who's running their own business, if they can, if they can, you know, meet the selection criteria, grab that opportunity to hands. Yeah, that's, that's cool. How, how much do you, how much do you say networking, um, uh, the kind of the peer to peer side of things plays into the success of your business? Cause I mean, you're doing really well, you, you know, you've grown so much in five years. To a point, you know, some other people, you know, looking at you thinking, how's he doing that? And from my perspective, I think you, you, the, the digital trade's biggest strength is is networking. You know, you speak to people, you, you're human to human contact. You talk to them like they're, they're equals. You do really funny gimmicks like handing out sun cream, you know, things like that. Like, how, like how, do you, how do you build those type of skills and do you surround yourself with people that are just more creative or is it, is it all just ideas that pop into your head? Um, there is, it's not all me, you know, it's, it's, it's just, just not, yeah, you, in, order to, there's, in order to build the business that we've got now, there's no way that it could be like it is with just myself and Scott. So... Absolutely, the team is what digital X-ray is. The people, you know, I'm not saying it, it, it is a cliche, but you know, we are a people business, and without good people, we wouldn't be where we are today. And, and I'm proud of all our, our our guys and girls that work for Digital X-ray, and they all are driven and motivated, and they all want want to bring in change, and you know, the amount of ideas that they're coming. And that's what's refreshing because, like I say, I've worked for large businesses, and people go in to do the nine to five and go home. And they're not like that here. They want it to do well. They feel part of something. And that's really hard to, and I want to hold on to that, even through growth, because to cultivate and create that is, is, is special. And, you know, as good as large businesses are, and that, that gets lost. So how do you yeah. think you're going to hold on to it? You know, as you grow, have you, have you thought about keeping that spirit alive within the organization? I think with our growth plan and where we want to go, so I think it'll be easier. I think if you're a you know a global business and you've got you know four thousand employees, it's going to be tough. But in terms of you know driving forward what we want to do and and, and the behaviours that we've 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 created, what it means to be at Digital X-ray. So you know that's why things like creating your values. So it's very clear. Once you've got your values down and what your values of your business mean, I mean, there, there are values behind, behind me. So everybody at Digital X-Raid is promoted, is, is challenged, and, and ultimately those values are the core of, of, of our business. So it's very easy if someone's, someone's part of the business that doesn't buy into those values, then you know that they're not, they're not a right fit. And they also know that they're not a right fit. You know, if you're interviewing people, and that people that we've been put off when they've read the values, like, no thanks. But then the people that are enthused and driven by them, they're the ones that you want in your business. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's really, yeah, really powerful, isn't it? Um, and it, it, it's good that you've got that kind of filter on, uh, on people coming into your organization because it's so um, pivotal to the success of, of growth, I guess. They're representing you as a business. 
how um i guess rewinding it just a little bit as well i guess when you first started the business or even when you're approaching new clients and stuff like that in this kind of saturated um competitive marketplace is there ever a time where you feel like a wave of imposter syndrome which seems to be quite prevalent throughout the industry like to say you know is my business good enough are my skills good enough am i training the, the team in the right way that kind of thing do you ever do you ever kind of come across that um personally yes but but um i wouldn't i didn't know before obviously before it was called imposter syndrome it was just a normal i think it's just an i was a normal emotion you know that self-doubt that am i good enough you know we've but for me they're just not they're just they're not they're just normal emotions and we just you know accept i've been just so i've been comfortable with accepting that and still pushing forward but you know when we've gone up against you know the large the large organizations you know and we've won you know major contracts and we've won and we're like right you know mm. we're doing something right here so yeah, kind of validation of what you're, yeah. what you're doing is right yeah and, and and now you know it's a bit different maybe four years ago but now you know in terms of we're you know granted we're smaller but in terms of the certifications, in terms of the service offering, we're, as, we're exactly the same as the big boys, but, you know, our customers pay my mortgage. So mm. we, we're looking after them. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like that. I think it I think it definitely comes across. And, you know, I speak to, you know, customers as well who, who, who like to know that they are being, they're important. And they're not just a number or a stat on a spreadsheet to say, you know, you're just customer A and you spend X and that thanks, but you know, we don't. It's just going straight into the shareholders' pocket. Um, so yeah, I think I think that is really important, and it, and it shows through in your business. So how do you how do you find talent and retain that talent, um, especially in the north where some people say there is a talent shortage, but. I don't think that's true either. I think there's a, a massive talent pool, especially in uh, North Yorkshire. Um, so, you know, what do you do? Is there, is there anything special you're doing out over there? Well, I agree with you. Actually, I think I think the talent pool in, you know, in Yorkshire and, and in, it's, you know, in the North in general has always been strong. You know, I think, you know, back if I go back to some of, even some of the guys that I used to work with back in the day when we worked in an ISP, you know, they were just technically unbelievable. Some of the best people that ever worked with, you know, going back in the days of FreeServe and, and Planet Online, so technically strong. And that 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 still is, to, as it is today back then, there's still, you know, very, very strong people. In terms of enticing those people to your business challenging, um, we do have to, we do have to grow. Um, you know, people have come straight out of university, but again, that's also something that I'm proud of. You know, we might we might only open, you know, have these people that stay with us maybe three, three or four years, but they'll they've had an entry point into which is a real difficult difficult industry to break into. So the matter of the you know the caliber of some of these some of these young guys that we've taken on and girls who who have got a degree in cybersecurity. And you know, quite frankly, they've been they've been ethical hackers since they were ten, or non-ethical hackers. You know, the stuff they know, but no one's given them a shot because, mm. well, they've got no history. And really, that is one of the downsides of the way we employ, as as like we talked to, you know, recruiters. There, you know, maybe if I went straight to recruitment agency when I was that young kid, he wouldn't have, wouldn't have entertained me. Uh, because they want to make a margin, so they need to make sure the people they're putting in mm. are gonna, are gonna, are gonna give them a return. So why would, I guess, why would they risk their commission on someone who may not get a job that's got no experience when they can place someone like yourself, Colin, or like yourself, Ashley, who, who, who have got a really good chance of landing that job and they get the get the paycheck. So that's, mm. that's, you know, that's diff it's really difficult for. For people who are wanting to embark on a career in, in cybersecurity to to break into it, even if they've got a degree. Uh, so, so I guess on, on that then, so if you're 
uh, let's say you're you're a late teenager going into university um, and you're focused on like computer science or cyber security as your as your degree um, and also I guess consider like if you, let's say your early 20s or, or or even later a kind of career shifter you know you've let's say you are you know your good self working in the fitness industry and you you want a right turn on your on your career and you want to break into uh, infosec what would you think based on the, the the kind of knowledge you have of the major challenges that businesses face and the kind of um the skills that you guys need uh, as a business to to serve those customers what do you think the most important either area of study or certification or whatever it is that someone can go and do and focus on that you'd want to see in an interview armed and ready so that, that person's got like if it's you know a bit of bit of stuff they've done in their bedroom building a lab or is it like you know a CISP certificate or is it you know whatever like what what do you think the kind of core um entry point should be so yeah hard question that <laughs> <I think. laughs> ultimately you know where turn these guys or girls we employ consult they become they've gone through consultants they go out to a customer ultimately they go out to a customer until their customer till they're facing the customer whether that's remotely or, or actually on site you know digital lecture is making no money out of them so there is an investment and in terms of that investment of, of time, it's really, for me, it's, it's attitude over aptitude. If you've, got, if you've got somebody who is in their own time, been building a network and, and is on Hack the Box and is studying for his, his, his OSCP and you know, is on all the hacking forums and is so into it versus somebody who's got all the certifications but the the passion's gone you know it's not there anymore for me i know who i would rather employ because that 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 younger guy who's hungry who wants it is passionate within a year is going to be flying mm. that's not to say that the other guy isn't you know uh, or isn't a value for somebody it's just that where we are in our business um i i need i need the the, the passion yeah how yeah. do you think you, you keep that fire burning then i mean such a fast moving landscape right the threats are changing um kind of uh, the compliance requirements change frequently um attackers change how, how do your team kind of stay up to speed with that landscape that ever moving landscape it is difficult i think i think that's one of the one of the um differences I'd say in, in, in the cyber industry is because it's changing so fast. Usually you would look at a guy who's got, you know, let's say network networking, you know, he's, he's got 20 years of networking experience. Um, he's done CCIE, etc. And you've got that guy knows everything. But because cybersecurity is so new and it is changing so fast, it's not necessarily about necessarily about time served. Mm. You know, there's there's guys who are who have been in this for two years, actually in a job for two years, but they've been doing this since they were eleven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's so the skill set of some of the youngsters is 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 phenomenal. It really, really is. But then you need to get them certified, and you need to get them polished, and you need to give them the customer facing skills. In terms of technical, raw technical ability, yeah, and and, and that's unique, I'd say, in cyber because it is so fresh and new. Mm. Do how do you how do you um how do you find people at the moment new new recruits? Um, do you find a lot of people lack that customer facing skill? Um, yes and no. Uh, if if if. If they've had, if they've done, if they've done things like, you know, we had one who, who were, he were a waiter, for instance, and, you know, and, and interested in cybersecurity, and he'd done a degree, but he's, 
his communication skills because he'd been dealing with customer complaints and dealing, you know, the, the, the things that you would look at when you're doing it, when you're wiping tables down and you're dealing with customer complaints when you're 16, you would never believe that that is going to actually help you later on in your career. <laughs> so true. It really does. You know, you're dealing with conflict management. You, you were learning how to communicate with an angry customer. You're, you're, you're giving them confidence that you understand their needs and how you're going to be able to deal with that. And, and at the time, you just probably, you probably don't appreciate that you're going to call on those skills later on. Hmm. That kind of resiliency as well, isn't it? To, uh... Yeah. Yeah, to, to keep keep going back to work when you've had a bad day yeah. <laughs> and someone's giving you a load of shit, you go back the next day and take some more of it. Yeah. Oh, I think that's the important point you've touched on there, Colin, is resiliency. I think resiliency is so important, especially in business, because, you know, you have a lot of bad days, you have a lot of ups and downs, but it's the resiliency that you just keep going. And that leaves that means that you're there for opportunities. You know, there's some opportunities that that, that have happened. You know, for us, and you know, you, you you know, from an outsider looking in, you'd be like, "Lucky buggers," <laughs> you know, and you'd be like, "God, spawny sods, how?" <laughs> but the point is, is because you were there. Yeah. You know, you've you've gone through. You're going through the pain. You're going through the struggle. You've still kept going, and you you've managed. You're there for that opportunity. Yeah, it's fallen, but you're there to catch it. Where you might have just quit. Yeah, and I think um, that's really important, and that's something that we we haven't really touched on is the early days of digital X-ray, and we've just discussed this before about you know the, the actual sacrifices you had to make personally. Like, you yeah. know, and no one sees that. I think there's, there's you know, there's, there's that really classic diagram of, you know, success. No one sees the, the struggles and the pains that you, to get there. They just see the surface. So, mm. like, you know, like talk about those, you know, those, the the pains that, that took you to where you are now. Yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of quite personal anguish. Um, been a lot of, you know, a lot of, it's like a roller coaster. Is ups and downs, high fives, elation, excitement, and then oh reality. Oh, you know, it's it's but yeah, you know, I don't know about personal sacrifice. It didn't it's what it, it was obviously sacrifice. Time's been a great sacrifice. Time is is one of the big, biggest, you know, there's been lots of times where I'm not I've not been at home. It's not so much not as bad now as now I'll be honest. I do, you know. I do, I do make sure that I am home for the kids, but even still, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of time that I will give that you wouldn't necessarily do in a normal job. But you know, that's just the way it is. Um, Would you, if you had, if you had the kind of time again, if you could rewind ten or fifteen years or what have you. Would you start the business sooner, or would you go through the experiences that you had now? I think. Um, so I did do other things. So. You know, I ran a supplements company for, for two years and we were turning, you know, close to half a million, but the passion wasn't there. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't. I think that for me, personally, for me, the journey's been at the right time. Um, I think if I'd have gone into it early, earlier, I wouldn't necessarily have had the skills that maybe I felt like I needed. But it's a very personal journey and... And I think this is, you know, when when people look at, they find it quite funny when people look at, at myself and Scott or Digital X-ray, and they almost put you on a pedestal. And it's like, well, you know, don't listen to a thing I've got to say because it's completely personal to me and how I felt and when I've done it and the mistakes that I've made will be completely different to to your journey. There's obviously, a, like I said before, there's a framework in terms of running a business and there's certain things that you do and don't and, and but it is a personal journey and you know you have you a lot of these people on LinkedIn that talk about you've got to do it this way and you've got to do it that way and I'd say absorb as much information as you possibly can and make your own decisions and what's right for you you'll know you'll know your own tolerance levels yeah oh, I think that's, that's cool 
really good advice, isn't it? I, I think um, making your own mind up and not being led by others. I, I always feel like um, uh, people try and follow the same path as somebody else, right? And it's not always the case that you should, you have to do that in order to succeed. And I see a lot of managers in senior positions who, who almost enforce, like, if you want to be promoted, well, you've got to have the same skills and experiences that I had. And you've got to follow the same, you know, you've got to be in the business 10 years because I was, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. And I yeah. think, it, you know, hopefully that, that kind of tide is changing, especially as you, as you say there with it being such a dynamic industry, um, you know, a couple of years in, people have been doing this for a lot longer than what their, what their CV or resume kind of spells out, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good stuff. All right. I always wanted to ask you before we end up, but how did you come up with a name? Digital X-Raid. Well, <laughs> we we came up with several names. Um, that was that was quite a challenging thing, and and left left it caused a few arguments to be honest between myself and Scott. <laughs> um, I feel like we've touched the nerve here, actually. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, we both agreed. We both liked Digital X-Raid. In fact, it was called. I think it was Digital Raid before. And then we, you know, we liked the X <laughs> because of, and then, then we had a, you know, we had a thing a bit like raid, you know, like the raid log, and we tried to do something like that, but, um, we wanted, because of, because we knew we wanted to do more than just one service, you know, we didn't want to call ourselves like, you know, hacking this or, or ISO that we, we wanted to come up with a name which would allow us to sort of grow our services and, and sort of won't pigeonhole us. Yeah, build a brand. Yeah. yeah. And that's what yeah. we're still doing today. I mean, in terms of the, the, you know, some of the exciting projects we've got going at the moment, you know, our ad portal that we're developing, which, you know, it's fantastic. Again, it's there to real give benefit, benefit to the customers in terms of that insightful information to get through different serve for our services. Um, internal projects around marketing, you know, the sales growth, it, there's, there's so much going off. And, what I would say is about running your own business. The journey is is fantastic. You know, you might not always recognise it. I'll be honest. There's a lot of times that myself and Scott, we actually force ourselves to stop and pat each other on back and and look back because you achieve so much, but because you're so focused forward, you're never looking back of what you've done, um, and that is a real, that's that's a very easy mistake to make. You know, sometimes you just got to celebrate your wins, and we're trying to do that internally as well as a culture. To say, right, well, because we're so fast-paced, let's just come on, let's just everyone just celebrate what we've done. Yeah, I think that's really awesome, um, and great that you recognise that because you're right. You you can just stay on that train and, and never never kind of get off. So ha having, you know, uh, built this business. Um, grown it for the last five years, super goal orientated. What's what's next then on the horizon for Rick Jones? Like, what's the next big milestone goal for you? So we want to we want to we're really focusing now on our sock. So that was you know as a, as a business goal we've we've built an annuity, um, a new annuity business there. You know, in in, in terms of building a business, you've got to scale it. And to scale it, you need predictability. And if to scale a business without predictability is very, very difficult. So that's why we shifted from predominantly project work to managed service work. Um, and it's really building that out over the next 12 months is the core focus for, for, for us and, and, and building that, that SOC, increasing our customer base with, within our SOC. Nice. Well, I think there's plenty of demand in the market for, for that, that kind of service, right? So. There is, yeah. Yeah, and you know, the fact that we went on the mission, so when, when we built everything we, everything we do, you know, you'll, I'll always turn around and say, if I turn around and say what we do is amazing, I'll say because I believe in it. And, you know, there's a lots of times that I'm not ready to announce that we're amazing. Um, but with our sock, I am. And mm -hmm. with all our services now, when, you know, in the early days when it was me and Scott and we were trying and pushing, you know, we're, we're chalk and cheese in terms of what we were then to what we are now. 
but that's a journey you've got, you know, you've got, got to go on. And, you know, with our sock, it was, we built it and then we wanted to, a bit like, you know, we're pen testing. You can't just say you're a pen testing house. Doesn't, no one's going to do any work with you. You've, you've got to get your business certified. You've got to get your staff certified. And they're, you know, independently verified and, and scrutinized around your processes and your methodologies and to make sure that when a customer buys that service off you, not only are you saying it's great, but you've been verified by an independent third party to say, this is how mm-hmm. you need to be engaging with a company when they're doing, they're giving you the assurance that you're not going to get hacked. And we took the same journey, you know, with our SOC. We took the same journey with our internal processes, you know, ISO 27001, ISO 9001. SOC is one of the, you know, seven globally Crest certified SOCs. Because we're opening ourselves up to, to, you know, to challenges, to be scrutinized. We say, well, that needs to be done better. That needs to change. But we take all that on board and push forward. And, and that's what we try to do with everything. It's just constantly improve. You know, I watched, a, I think, a, 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 there were a program about um, the rowing team. And you know, they were saying, what can we do? How do we make the ball go faster? And everybody in that, in, in that team was focused. And they asked, they asked those two questions. Will this, what we're doing now, make the boat go faster? Very simple, no. Right, I better not have this beer then. Will me going to bed and watching Netflix till two o'clock in the morning, will that make the boat go faster? No, I better go to bed at eight. <laughs> and, and, and we take, me and Scott personally take that, 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 that sort of mission in, 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 in the business. Will it make digital x-ray better? No, right, well, let's not do it. Is it, it and, that, and that, it, it's very simple, but, it's so you know it, it's it's that guiding light of what do we need to focus on yeah very simple very powerful kind of philosophy i love it yeah um either ashley's fallen asleep or he's uh or he's disconnected but i think <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I, I should definitely screenshot that. <laughs> Sorry, Ashley, I'll, I'll try and keep a bit more on beat next time. <laughs> well, listen, on, on that note, I think, honestly, it's been a fascinating uh, insight into uh, your career journey, for one thing, but also more what I took a lot more from this conversation is your mentality and, and how that's kind of carried through from, from the early days of, you know, walking around Leeds with a stack of CVs to growing your business and, um, and, and, and really pushing the boundaries and helping others develop in the industry as well is, is really inspiring. And there's some real good insights there. I think people can take away that if they're even looking to break into industry or to, or to shift their careers as well. Um, so yeah thank you for sharing your journey thank you for taking the time with us today and uh, I definitely uh, wish you all the success with your uh, with your onward growth yeah cheers guys thank you I really enjoyed that we're, we're first. Cheers.